<laughs> Nate hasn't seen it. He was watching Top Gun. No. <laughs> I was just going to say the we most iconic. a while ago. <laughs> Everyone knows that song. <laughs> I was like, if I was ever a professional baseball player, that would be my walk-up song. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better Podcast. This is episode AD1, after Daniel. So we are all lamenting, grieving a little bit, but uh, we're doing our best, trying to hold it up here. And uh, so we've got Drew, Nate, and myself. And Nate, you were the one who took it up there, brought it to us this week again. Um, You've handled week one and week three of our series. We'll wrap it up next week. But uh, as always, how about your sermon in 60? Sure. This week was really all about just talking about walking alongside people. Kind of week one and week two have been about like God's view of trials and our response in them. That was last week when Daniel was talking about lamenting. But I pretty much just talked about what do we do when someone around us is hurting? Mm -hmm. What do we do? What do we not do? And we looked at Job's friends who are often known for what they did bad. But there are some lessons in there that they did right for how how we can walk with people and ultimately just practice the blessing and the power of just being present, being with someone in their pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if, <clears throat> if Drew's, uh, Drew's, <laughs> if Job's friends, I was looking at Drew over here for some reason, if Job's friends can't hear us, if they're in heaven, I don't know, they're, I'm sure they're very grateful for this sermon. They got many, <laughs> I know, many those guys kind have been ripped words. on for years, for thousands, thousands of years. years. They've been I mean, they did up. some bad things, but they started strong. They I mean, they did. always do say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So, it's true. I mean, yeah. That's true. It does kind of wipe out your legacy when you go down in flames. You know, I just thought about this in the, in this, in the spectrum of the, the sermon series, right? I think, I feel like this is a good start off question. Which would you rather do, suffer or walk with someone who is suffering? Mm. Oh, I mean, for sure, walk with someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, <clears throat> that feels a little bit, yeah, just because you're, I mean, suffering's tough. Yeah. And it, it is hard. And it's, it's is hard. It- yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to walk with someone, but I guess, man, that's such a hard thing to gauge. But I guess my initial thought would be, oh, to walk. Oh, I'd rather walk with someone than rather like have to do this suffering my own. I or, think it depends on the relationship to who is suffering, because it's like Ashley and I. We asked this question because we've both been through like th- that person in the hospital, and we would agree that I would rather be in the hospital bed suffering than watching my wife suffer. Yeah. But yeah, I think, sure. you know, in general, I'd rather <laughs> walk with someone, but mm-hmm. it, I guess it depends on the relationship. Yeah. You, I think we'd all say our kids, it's a no brainer, yes. right? If our yep. kids are suffering, we would trade places with them in a heartbeat. But there is this, and there is an incredible challenge to, you know, that friend who's suffering. Um, and it, it hurts yeah. not to be able you know, to make a difference or you feel like you can't make a difference. So, uh, hey, I often ask, you know, as you're preparing the sermon, because I know that, you know, things expand and then they shrink, right? And you've got, you know, 25 minutes, whatever to, you know, share with us. So I normally ask, what did you leave on the table? I think I'd rather ask what Top Gun illustrations did you leave Mm. on the table? But, uh... (laughs) Boy, how much time do we have? I mean, come on now. Yeah. But, uh, but seriously, I mean, seriously, um, was there other things that you would have included if you had more time? Sure. I think what was hard, like on the practical side, like I think I gave four. Yeah, I gave four 
like when our when your friend starts to speak, because that's where like I deviated from Job's friend's story. Like we saw the three clear examples that they did well. And I think when I got to that point of like, well, what do we do when our friends start to speak? And I gave four things. Like there, there's, there's so many other things that you could include in that that mm-hmm. I didn't have necessarily the time to do. So like trying to whittle that down. Like there, I actually included a bunch of them even in the notes that didn't show up as lower thirds. But there's just so many practical things that are out there that I feel like there was like, what are, what are good what questions? So like oh, I, I've heard yeah. people say like if, if you're listening well and you're asking questions, ask what questions. So I was like, well, maybe I could give a bunch of examples of what, like, you know, what were you thinking, Brad? No, mm-hmm. I mean, so that, <laughs> that might be- sound harsh. But <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? Karen says it all the time. But, uh, but to follow up to that would be then also like additional resources. Are there other yeah, things that you think sure. are just well worth the time if yeah. you want to help a friend? My dad recommended this, this book to me, which is great, uh, Side by Side. Hmm. by Ed Welch is like my talk, but way better and way more in depth hmm. that he just talks all about just that ministry of presence and the ministry of just walking with side by side. So that that is for sure a great resource. If you're looking to dig into that a little bit more, Side by Side by Ed Welch is really good. Hmm. Great, great. Hey, you know, you were talking about, and it was really a real challenge to not be um, you know, the answer man when your your friend is suffering. But what if you got really, really good advice? I mean, killer, <laughs> yeah. killer advice. I mean, Drew wrestles with this all the time. Yeah. He knows, he knows what the answer is. What do you do? Well, I think that the truth is your advice is only as good as it as the person who will receive it. Mm-hmm. Right? Great advice, if it's not heard, <clears throat> felt, and received, is really not that great of advice. Mm-hmm. And so I think... What makes great advice often is the timing of that advice, mm-hmm. is the circumstances of that advice, and if the person is ready to mm-hmm. receive that advice. Right. And so, like, you can say some of the greatest things, and if they fall on deaf ears, how great are they, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think part of, like, what Nate really got after is understanding circumstances. And before you ever give advice, building a relationship and a presence that maybe at some point you can when someone is ready for that advice to give it. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, I shared the story of how for many of us, like two and a half, three years ago was really, really tough on all of us for differing reasons. And I mentioned meeting with Ed and in the midst of that too, Emily and I actually went down to Pennsylvania to meet with a Christian counselor who just specializes in, in, meeting with people who are in ministry because he was a former pastor and it was just a really great, honestly, just a uplifting and encouraging time in a really, in a really hard time. But he, uh, his name was Ron. I remember asking him this question. It was like session one and we were talking through things and I asked him this question. So like, Ron, what would you do? Or what would you say? And he took like the longest pause and he was sitting there and he was thinking like really long. And he just said, Nate, I want to be careful here because I don't want to do the work for you. And then he just kept asking questions. And I thought like that is such a wise response because so often, at least for me, in my, in my advice, I'm trying to do the work for you. So yeah. here's what you need to do. So sometimes we just got to, to your point, like is now the right time or do they, is this the right moment to say, hey, here's what you need to do. But oftentimes like we can rob people of the work and journey they need to go on by just trying to slap a, band-aid on this and here's three things that you can do so Mm. 
it's so an art. And it that's is. a fascinating insight because I often think about, well, I don't want to speak because I'm making assumptions. And you talked about that, like making assumptions, going in the wrong direction. But you could even be going in the right direction, but the timing might not be right. right. Yeah. Well, and I think of like, even if you take suffering out of it for a second, have you ever been around that person that just when you're around them, they ask just really pointed and really good questions that take you on a journey. Mm -hmm. Like my Southern dad was that guy, right? Like when you sat down with him, it, it felt like he was just walking you through this journey and you didn't know where you were going, but all he did was ask you questions and you felt so loved and comforted and known by him. And he never really said anything other than like, Hey, tell me what your dream is. Tell me where you mm -hmm. want to be, right? And he just ushered you through these questions and you felt like, wow, I have so much clarity in my life because you just asked me questions. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think questions are a really powerful thing. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and they, they are, and I feel like good question askers, you can almost lead and point if you're asking good questions to the work that piece, person needs to do or even the solution that is in front of them but they're discovering it yeah. rather mm -hmm. than here it all is and do these four things that I feel like is where I want to get to. You're like, cause yeah. I value that in people that can say through questions are leading me to like, Oh, not you're right, but that's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's why I resonated with your, like the, the whole you and Emily and will like pastor Nate leave. <laughs> right. Like my, I, I honestly think that's how my wife feels is like, Drew, you're giving me like a four step sermon on how to <laughs> fix my problem. And uh -huh. that, I think that's a great answer to the question. What I'm saying to my wife in that moment is actually true. Good for it's her. It's brilliant. It, it, <laughs> honey, Brad said that, not me. Um, but it's the timing, right? She is, yeah. it's, it's not right. And mm -hmm. it just, it's not good advice. Yeah. Even though I feel like it's great advice, it's actually horrible advice mm -hmm. because it's not ready to be received. And I think that's, I think that's a beauty of what Nate talked about. It's yeah. like, the pressure of trying to like perfect the perfect steps to fix somebody is off of us. It's our presence that often leads to that journey. Yeah, good. yeah. I mean, Drew, you talked to express that and pre-preach just how liberating and freeing this mm. can be, and it frees you to be present, to yeah. be compassionate, not to have those. You know, you're elsewhere. Your gears are thinking of the thing to say. You don't need to. You know be present with that person. But I think it's also, for me, kind of challenging because it's like now we're talking about an investment of time. Mm. Now we're talking about slowing down to the pace of them. And I just have to be honest and say, you know, there's times where I say, I don't have time for that. And yeah. that just reveals my mm. dark heart. So for people who do give that gift of presence, it's appreciated. Well, and I feel guilty because I'll be honest, my mercy card is very low. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, honestly, sometimes this sounds sad, but I'm like, you should probably just get over that. That's, <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes. Like really? Yeah. You're, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I think we, there's so many, I, I feel so guilty of like, you know, I felt so challenged. Like I just need to be a friend, mm -hmm. right? Like what good friend says, Oh, Hey, get over it. Uh huh. And I, you know, it's not the time it's, it's literally my broken heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we've been going through this series. There'll be, we'll do the fourth and final week next week. And I think it sounds to me like most of the suffering we've talked about is stuff that comes, it just happens to us. You know, in Job, this suffering happened to him. He didn't know the reason why, but he knew he was innocent, 
now his friends made assumptions about him being guilty of sin, right? And that wasn't helpful. But what if your friends really are guilty of sin? What if we're if we if we see these as self-inflicted wounds that these people are suffering because they're just not listening to good advice. They need they need the right Bible verses or whatever. I I, I don't know, but we see people make bad choices. Mm-hmm. Is there any nuance to your advice? You know, when people are are, are, are a lot of it comes to the relationship too. I think <laughs> yeah. it, I feel like the more frank I'm able to be, it's someone I'm closer with, or I've taken the time to listen well, mm-hmm. or I have a, a strong relationship, um, stronger relationship with like that. Yeah. That's where I feel like I can get quicker to like, bro, what were you thinking? You yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. and, and then talk through it from there. So a lot of it, I think, depends on on the relationship and obviously the situation. It's kind of yeah. hard to just blanket, like... Yeah, that's the hard thing about suffering is there, there, each circumstance is different. Yeah. And the timing of that circumstance, the relationship of that, that connection with that person, all those things blended together hopefully can be a guide for you on how to navigate, offer advice, and be present with people. There's no like mm-hmm. quick, oh, like, hey, just do these three steps and boo, it's a perfect recipe because right. every circumstance is different. And mm-hmm. there are times where you got to be like, hey, this is hard to hear, mm-hmm. but if you keep doing this, you're going to keep being here. Yeah, right. You know, <clears throat> but knowing how to navigate those and the relationship you would ha- have with people and the timing of that advice mm-hmm. Is crucial. I think that's even a good question to think through. Like we talk, I talked about listening well, and I think listening for is this a sin issue or a suffering issue? That was mm-hmm. another thing on the chopping block that I didn't mm-hmm. get to. But like, mm-hmm. as you're listening to your friend or stepping in, like being able to place, is this a sin issue? Like, man, they, they did make some poor choices here. And I need mm-hmm. to like, just be aware of that. Or is it a suffering issue? And they didn't do anything wrong, but are on the receiving end of someone else's sin or you know, whatever circumstance. Right. Even be, suffering is such a blanket right. thing, right? right? Suffering comes <clears throat> in all shapes and forms. And, and really, theologically, all suffering is sin-related, right? It's the curse of Ultimately, sin on our world. Sure. Not a direct cause of personal sin, but just mm-hmm. ultimate sin. Right. Right. And then there are times where we just make sinful choices that come with consequences, and the consequence is at some level, suffering. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things, one of the tensions I felt in this message was just, okay, I, I agreed with everything, but how long do I suffer with someone? Mm-hmm. Right? Even just reading your good parts of Job's friends, they sat with him seven days, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, how, how did they do that? Now, obviously, culture, we got to understand culture and what that looks like, but like, mm-hmm. what is the longevity of this? When do I know I can let go of somebody suffering or no, I did my part and hand it off to somebody else. Or am I responsible to endure the suffering until it ends? Like what, give us, give me some advice on that component of the longevity of walking with somebody who has suffered. Sure. Again, I don't think there's a perfect answer, but I think there should at least be a commitment to not just the temporary, but to the long haul. Mm-hmm. And I, get, I think if you're walking with, again, we're talking about walking with, not walking someone through. So I think to be a good, a good friend also, also means the pressure isn't on us to fix the situation. So that, again, helps us to be like, I, I can walk with you longer because I'm not, I'm not trying to fix this burden for you. I'm just, I'm just trying to be a helpful friend and be an encouragement. So I would hope that 
that that's a long, long-term thing, not just a temporary, hey, I popped in, you're good, see ya, but that there would be a commitment for this being, yeah, for the long haul, whatever that means, again. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a team sport, too. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You're, um, I mean, again, we've talked about community group, and that's not just, maybe not just one person responding, but, you know, people taking turns, and, you know, sure. the, he, here's, here's my time, but the, God's going to bring someone else alongside for, you know, my mom, uh, my dad died. He was 52, you know, and, and uh, there was years of my mom. <clears throat> there were so many people who came and, and went in her mm-hmm. life that God brought alongside for yeah. different periods sure. to grieve with her. And I, I think also, like, understanding the response times of suffering. So I remember when my dad died, like, everybody and everybody for the first two weeks were mm. texting and texting and almost at a point where it was like, uh, this sounds like harsh, but like I didn't even want it. I wanted to mm-hmm. just like be l- left alone. And one thing that I've learned in grief and suffering is sometimes I will pause my response to fill the gap because after two weeks, it's amazing how fast people move on with their life and mm. you're still left with this hole, this hurt, this pain. And after two weeks, everybody's gone, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the, the support system seems to like fade really fast and learning to, to navigate and help people like through that period, I think is a really missing art in how we sure. walk with people of like the initial response is like normal, practical, almost automatic. But like, how do I span that over time? For mm-hmm. some people, it was just, Hey, I know people like it's going to be hard. Whenever you need me, you let me know. Like I am I am willing to drop anything and I will be there for you. And I think sometimes it's not even necessarily like being with somebody for all the time, but yeah. it's just them knowing when you have a moment, when you need me, I will be there. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Which is I love that cuz it really is kind of a missing piece in our fast-paced world today of like, man, we're, we're, we're good at the short-term help, but that long-term and commitment, I think, is something I can grow in. I think a lot of us can grow in of like, how do you be present, not just now, but yeah, for the, the long, longer term. And I think great, great steps in this journey is like reminders in your, in your phone. Right, mm-hmm. like you know oh, someone who's suffering, good. set a reminder per, like one per week. Like, mm-hmm. f- hey, text whoever, are you good? You know, and have that reminder come up once a week. And as, you, as they navigate it, move it to every two. You know what amazed me when I got back from Israel? So it was the first time I was back to Israel when I got the phone call that my dad died. So it was like, the, I felt like it was the last part, conquer, hill to conquer in my grief with my dad's loss. I was amazed at how many people texted me, hey, are you okay? How did the trip go? Mm, that's cool. And I, I was just like, it's been three years. Yeah. And here is a great example of someone still mm-hmm. walking with yeah, me through that awesome. suffering. Yeah, that's such true. a great point. Three, yeah, it's years. Yeah. Years, years to walk through that. Wow, incredible. Um, so... Uh, are our wives better at this than we are? I mean, you know, we do a little poll here. I mean, I know that my wife, my wife is not a word person. She's, she, she, she just, she, 
I think she has incredible words because when she speaks, I think they're incredible. It's incredibly wise, but she's very tentative about that. And she's never going to be like a public speaker and that. But she, I, I feel that she can be so present mm-hmm. with people, and uh, you know, she herself, you know, cancer survivor, and then you know, so that's probably another piece of it too is. If there's similarities in our suffering, you yeah. know, oh, with, yeah. with someone else, I mean, I'm sure there's other people who lost their dads who came and talked to you. Oh, yeah. There's, but, but, and can be powerfully present. But I know that, you know, my wife, you know, she's better at the presence. I, yeah. I speak way too much. 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, Emma is more introspective, introvert, and takes time to really reflect and think. And so when, when she comes to really bring something, I've, I've learned, and I don't always do this great, but like to really appreciate that and really listen and seek to under, understand, not, mm-hmm. not go anywhere else, but just to kind of keep that spotlight on, on mm-hmm. her. But she's a way better listener than yeah. I am. Yeah. So I, Ashley's a way better listener than I am too. I'm I'm not a fill the silence person. I actually have like a gauge of like one of my gauges for a really close friendship is that I can be with that person and we can sit in a room and not talk. (laughs) Right. Like just like be Be with each other and like be comfortable enough to not like, Oh, Hey, what do we have to talk about right now? Like just, Hey, we are such good friends that like our company is, is enough. I'm laughing because I remember a best man speech once where the guy said, you know, um, I can sit with Dan for hours and not say a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I That's thought me, that man. was the greatest praise. Oh, I just think we've we've lost the power of silence. Mm-hmm. You know, like we try to fill every, and silence is awkward to us. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. and we're yeah we're not good with boredom, and uh, we're keeping ourselves stimulated all the time. Yeah. So it's. You think about the times when you're distracted. I'm distracted by my own phone when I'm with yeah. someone. Yep. It just, and it drives me nuts when I want somebody to be present with me and that dinging is going off. But, uh, oh, it's hard. Yeah. And every time you look at your phone, and my wife will tell me this, it's like I'm showing more value to my phone than the person right in front of me. It's yeah. like a, pet, a good mm-hmm. pet peeve of like, if you're present with someone, be present. Don't yeah. look at the phone. Wait until that conversation <laughs> is over. If you want to like <laughs> devalue someone, uh-huh. While they're talking, look at your phone. Yeah. It's just to say like, uh, yeah, I see you, but I really mm-hmm. don't see you mm-hmm. or value. Yeah, that's a great question. Are we more present with our phones than we are with people? Mm. Yeah, they certainly seem to have a higher priority. Mm. They, they can cut through anyone. Yeah, yeah. that's bad. All right, so, um, and feel free to repeat yourself, but uh, just insight that you feel you'd love people to walk away with. Honest, really just the power of presence and, and helping people understand, like, when you see someone hurting, we, we jump to solutions, right? We jump to, like, how can I fix this? But truly the greatest gift I think you can give someone is just to be with them, that mm-hmm. they don't feel alone, that you're walking with them and you're there for them. Practice the, the power of presence. Yeah, just the simplicity mm-hmm. uh, of that. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would just add to that that's what god gave us too is his presence yeah and how powerful of a thing it is in my life and my suffering to know god is with me every step of the way and just like nate said the power of your presence is enough Mm -hmm. yeah nate i appreciate your message so much i found it very helpful and incredibly challenging like i said i think the darkness of my heart is 
do I really have the patience, the compassion, the desire to mm. be present with that person? And I know, and I was thinking, well, how do I get more compassion? And it just seems to me that it's the same way we get more patience. It's through our own suffering. So God using suffering in my life to make me a better friend yeah. to others. Yeah. Well, listen, hey, thanks for joining us. Come back later for the final week, the fourth week of When Life Hits Hard.